friends. Welcome back to Stay Forth Leadership Podcast. It is great to have you here. And we love bringing you leadership insights. We love bringing you what we're learning, what we're hearing from coaching clients, maybe even a tool that we want to unpack for you. But I love having guests. I love having friends across the country who are in different expressions of the faith in different parts of our country. And they're bringing different elements or aspects of God and of leadership of their own faith journey. And I just loved this conversation with today's guest. We've had her on here before. She's a return author, guest, and speaker here on Stay Forth Leadership Podcast, Faith Yuri Cho. Her and her husband are pastors. They pastor uh, in the New Jersey area. She's a mom of four, so she comes from a really busy life. As you can imagine, she also equips a lot of women across the country. She preaches. She does all the things. But we're writing today, or we're listening today, uh, on a particular topic about friendship. Friendship with God. What does this look like to be present with God, to be in a relationship with God amidst a busy life full of notifications in this crazy, chaotic time, but treasuring that relationship with God. She comes from a really unique angle. I love the way that she speaks into this story, bringing it back to both Israel and modern day us in the middle of everyday life. My conversation with Faith Yuri Cho is a great one, and she has a brand new book out. Again, it's called Experiencing Friendship with God. And we're talking about the wilderness. We're talking about deconstruction. We're talking about the challenges of hearing God amidst our busy lives. You're going to love this conversation. Welcome, my friend, Faith Yuri Faith, welcome back to the podcast. Such a pleasure to be here. Congrats uh, on this book. We're excited to kind of dive into this topic. Uh, but before we do, give just a, a little bit of context. Um, you guys help plant churches. You guys are very involved in all kinds of different things. What are a couple of the ways you describe your ministry? Oh, wow. I mean, I would say the heart of everything, at least for myself, is the sufficiency of the presence of God. And that plays out in building churches, that plays out in um, activating and discipling Asian American women. Um, it plays out in what I write about, talk about. So basically, I mean, the, the short list of it is my husband and I, we are church planters, and we co-pastor Mosaic Covenant Church of New Jersey. Um, I, I'm also the founder and CEO of the Honor Summit, and we basically activate disciple Asian American women. And I write, I speak, and I'm a mom of four and two dogs. <laughs> Got a couple of things going on in your life. Uh, and you've made time <laughs> to get this message out there. Uh, so why Absolutely. this message? This is one that's been in you for a long time. Um, why did you Absolutely. have to get this message out to the world? Yeah, I mean, this was a 20-year journey for me. Um and really the reason why I felt like I had to write it, it's because it's the end all be all. It is the point of all things. And I feel like we as a church and also just modern day human beings, we need to clarify what is the point? Like, what is the point of building churches? What is the point of suffering? What is the point of just life? Right. Um, and even just my experiences as a woman in ministry, a woman of color in ministry, and what that even looked like. I remember um, just 
entering into the ministerial space at a very young age, I thought my faith and my gusto was all I needed. And then I realized it's a lot more complicated than that. And I had to time and time again, really um, confront this theological concept is the presence of God enough. And if so, where are the miracles? Where's the power? Where's the move? When you are suffering, when you are at loss, and I feel like a lot of people face that in 2020, um, not even just non-Christians, but Christians in the church had to really wrestle with this concept is the presence of God enough. And if he is, then how do I access the pleasure of that? How do I access the power in that? And, um, and so as I was just going through my own exploration, I just really felt it burning in my heart that now is the time for this to come out as a book. Hmm. Beautiful. I know we've both been deeply impacted by brother Lawrence's practicing the presence of God. This is a bit of a modern uh, take on that. Um, why was that book so influential for you that it would actually kind of propel you into this message? Absolutely. I love that question. Um, I remember when I first became Christian at the age of 16, I was not part of a Christian home. So I was so non-churched. I didn't know where to even start. And I remember walking around the bookstore and I picked this up and it was so small that I thought, well, this is a great, great start. And the thing is, it wasn't my first book, but a lot of the books that I was uh, reading at the age of 16, 17, 18 and so on, um, they kind of ended at now just pray a lot. And I really wanted a book that ushered me deeper into the presence of God, like help me navigate the mystery because there is this mystical element of Christianity that we really can't ignore. Like he's not supposed to just be known cerebrally. He's supposed to be known in our spirits. And so it was like kind of first book that um, gave me language. But at the same time, I was also thinking, well, I'm not a Carmelite monk and I don't live in a monastery and life is very different from Brother Lawrence's take on it. And um, I remember having this holy frustration because reading that book felt like I was watching the Food Network. You know, that feeling when people are showing you the food and they're telling you how it tastes like and you're like, well, that's great for you good on you, but I would rather eat it for myself and taste that for myself. And so it really stirred this hunger in me to navigate similar concepts and, um, experience what brother Lawrence experienced, but as a modern day millennial Asian American woman, like, what does that look like for us today in uh, an age where you're getting 50 notifications in an hour. Like, what does that look like for us? Um, and so, yeah, that was, so the fruit of my journey of trying to discover that was what the book is today. Mm. So when I think about the subtitle of wilderness in here, uh, I love the wilderness physically. I spent a lot of time there, um, but relationally, spiritually, um, so Mm -hmm. many of us hate the wilderness. So why is wilderness such a key topic or facet in this yeah yes because i feel like the wilderness is where that theological conviction gets tested the most right it's so easy to say that god is sufficient when things are great but it's during the wilderness where you really wonder is the presence of god enough i remember when we were going through 2020 and you know we talked about this before alan right our church planting journey when we lost a lot 
and we're trying to build a church with no money and no people. I remember talking about my grief with my friends and they were so well-meaning, but they said things like, I will be praying for you. And I remember thinking in my heart, getting, I was very frustrated because I was like, I don't need prayer. I need a paycheck. I need, <laughs> I need this. I need that. And I was one shocked that that was coming out of me, but it really made me realize where the cracks and limitations were in my belief, in my faith, in the sufficiency of God. And when you look in the wilderness uh, journey for the Israelites, because the wilderness for them was not like what we see on Pinterest, you know, this beautiful, luxurious, um, like Instagram worthy journey. Right. It's not it was a hike, barren. Right? Yeah. It yeah. was hot. It was a no place of water or food, a place exactly. to get through. It was a place where you die. It's not a place where you dream dreams. It's not a place where you build a home. And as the Israelites were going through it, it's so interesting because preachers and teachers today, we preach on the wilderness so much. Um, a lot of our best stories come from there. So that really struck me realizing, wait, all these miracles, these romantic moments with Israel, they were in the wilderness. And when you really think about it, the point of the wilderness was not the promised land. And the promised land comes with the presence of God, but the purpose, the, the reward of the wilderness was actually the presence of God. And you see the richness of it in their day to day. And it's so funny because they weren't even wowed by it at a certain point. And I think that's how we as Christians must feel today. Today for us, it's just, oh, we have the Holy Spirit in us and it's just a Monday, right? And it's the same as how the Israelites, Israelites must have felt when they had manna on the 30th day, probably they, for them, it was probably just a normal thing for us. When we read that, we're like, wow, how can you not be in love with God at that point? And, but that we could turn that around and ask us ourselves today at the same time. Hmm. So good. Yeah. Even how our, yeah. our words change, right? When I think wilderness, I think a high mountain lake in Colorado. I don't think the <laughs> middle of the desert where they're wondering, am I going to die here? But this is the context that it's written into. And we, we forget that so much. What about this busy notification filled, fast rushed modern world that we live in? Um, what does presence look like, taste like, feel yeah. like in the middle of this? Right. Um, I'm a firm believer, especially after being a mom of four, um, that busyness is not a competition to intimacy. Um, I think when you have a, a, a skewed view on your theology of the presence of God, busyness, although I'm, I'm a huge believer in having a balanced, you know, um, as slow as you can get, right? Um, room for meditation, all that, all that stuff. I do believe in that. However, on a on a real take, you know, for the mom, the single mom with two jobs and three kids, you know, that's not a realistic expectation. So is she disqualified? 
from having an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit? I actually do not think so because like I said, busyness is not a competition to intimacy because as long as you have the rhythm of acknowledging the presence of God with you as you're in your commute, as you could acknowledge him as you're folding laundry, as you could acknowledge him as you're facing pain, acknowledge the one that's constantly with you and is not with you because of your schedule, but is with you because of the blood of Jesus. And if you have the faith and the rhythms to be able to acknowledge him and access him, then you don't have to run into the secret place. You take the secret place with you everywhere and anywhere. And so I believe that as long as we have the right framework, then in a life filled with notifications, demands, and all this busyness, um, we don't have to be strangers to Jesus. And I know that deconstruction, you're writing um, into a lot of people's stories that are deconstructing. Um, how can this right. book, this message be helpful uh, to those deconstructing or even just chucking their faith right now? Oh, absolutely. And I actually start the book off with my my um, own personal stories of how um, it it was a it was a situation of such great pain that I remember having gone through it. I remember thinking, now I understand why people would want to leave the church because there's so many incentives to our belief in Jesus, you know, like, um, I mean, a lot of people, they, without realizing they're Christians because they believe that God has all these promises for us. They're Christians because they believe that God has breakthrough success for us, um, that God has healing for us. And all of this is true, but when we don't see the healing, when we don't see the breakthrough, when we don't see the help, then it, it makes us question, why is this even worth it? Why, if all the reasons for faith is not showing up in our prayer lives, then what is the point, right? And I would say if the purpose and the point of your walk with Jesus is the presence of God, is a friendship with Jesus, then no matter what season you're in, you will find value. You will find significance. In my season of lack, I get to know Jehovah Jireh, right? In my season of pain and wounds, I get to know Jehovah Rapha, right? In my season of being misunderstood, I, I get to know Jehovah Nisi, right? So if the purpose of my life is to know him, befriend him, then every season has significance. But if my purpose of my life is breakthrough, growth, all these great things, they're not bad things. And walking with Jesus, you do get those things. But if that's the purpose, then there'll always be a reason to walk away from God. And deconstruction will be powerful enough of a reason to get rid of our faith. But if the purpose of our lives is to know him intimately, authentically, and passionately, then no matter what season that we're in, we're always going to find that joy and that pleasure and that sense of value. Mm, that's good. If your publisher, Waterbrook Multnomah, came to you and said, hey, we've got great news. You can add a chapter to this book. What else would you write? Uh, another? Oh, man. Like another chapter to the book, you mean? Yep. You're given one more chapter this book. Oh what else would God. you write on this topic? Hmm, if I had another chapter, I would have loved to go even more practically when it comes to the mystical aspects of the presence of God. I do touch on it. Um, I do address it because I do think it's important. Um, but I, if I had just another 
chapter um, to be able to dedicate, to go deeper. Um, I would explore some of the practical elements of the mysticism um, of the presence of God. Like, how do you even navigate that? What are some practical elements? For someone like me, um, who has been to every church uh, church culture from Pentecostal to reformed. Um, I understand that, um, it's just, it's important not to neglect the mystical elements. Um, but at the same time have some practicalities in it. Um, so I would have gone into that for sure. Mm-hmm. That's good. As we're talking about the presence of God, this relationship with God, this friendship with God. Um, can you speak about, uh, someone who's been really present to you? That's deeply impacted you, just simply through their presence. Mm, so like a person's presence. Yeah. Tell me about a person who's impacted you so deeply because of how present they were to you. Oh yeah. Um, I would say Christine Kane. Um, and I don't have to explain who she is because most people would under- know who she is and be familiar. But I remember during some of the darkest hours um, in 2020, um, she would just sit with me like, you know, and she would just, um, and I knew even when we wouldn't talk for weeks that she was present with me, um, because she would check in and, you know, she would, she would say, are you still preaching preacher? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not, like, you, know? <laughs> you know? And even when I'm like a baby about it, like I, I will never forget, honestly, like I would never forget, how, um, and she really didn't have to, cause she's a busy woman. She's busier than most people that I know. However, um, just even her being with me in spirit, in prayer, um, even just the taking time out to listen to my parts of the story and, um, and even just, uh, yeah, just let me cry, you know? And I, I think those moments, um, I'll just never forget. Cause those are probably one of the most formative and healing moments for me when someone's like, Hey, like I'm just here, you know? Um, so for sure, like I would say that's my example. Mm, beautiful. So many leaders are longing for that. So many just be with them, uh, especially as we're parents and leaders. I hear this phrase a lot. Everyone needs me all the time. And yeah. you're there at work, which is the everywhere, right? Through our phones and through Zoom and then our kids needing things from us. And so just have somebody that can be present with you. That's not lost on me because that's something that leaders talk about in our coaching sessions. Just, man, I just want somebody to be able to be present today, of which I get to enter into that space sometimes, maybe the most valuable thing that I do. And that's a good reminder for me, Faith. Um we could talk for hours on this topic, but um, just the last question, you're talking about practical, practical. I keep hearing that um, mm. in your voice. What's one practical, maybe a tool or a framework, something that you can leave our listeners with um, as they are saying, you know, I'd love to hear God. I'd love to feel present with God, to experience his presence and the relationship with God. What's one practical way that listeners can do that? Yeah. I mean, I touched on this before, but it's one of my favorite um, practices is acknowledgement. Um, as, and this is something that brother Lawrence taught me in his work, um, in his conversations that were written down without his consent, but, um, which I think is hilarious, but it's just acknowledging the presence that's with you always, you know? Um, and I cannot tell you 
how formative this has been for me to even my own mental health. Um, even just now, like before I got onto this podcast, I just acknowledged him. I said, Jesus, I see you. I hear you. I'm, I'm here. Um, and thank you for letting me do this. Um, doing it always with him and for him. You know, so even after this podcast conversation, I'm going to acknowledge him and say, thank you, God. That was awesome. And you gave me the grace to do it. Um, it's just so simple, so simple to the point where I think people think it's not effective. But the more you do it, and even when I walk out this room and I see it was because a bunch of my kids just came home from camp, um, my tennis camp right now, and I could hear them all the way upstairs. Before I run into that chaos, I'm going to acknowledge God again. God, thank you so much that my kids had a great time. God, give me the grace to be present with my kids. And I'm going to be present with my kids. And when I'm in that moment, I'm going to acknowledge them again. God, um, is there any wisdom that you would want to give me? Thank you for just giving me this moment. My kids are healthy, happy, you know, like I'm going to just keep doing it. And the more you do it, your sense of nearness with him, he will be your reality. All the other things, they'll be loud, they'll be demanding, but your reality will be the presence of God that'll be with you always. Hmm, so good. Faith, thanks for everything that you do. Momhood, preaching, teaching, leading, pastoring, all the things. And congrats on this new book, baby, Experiencing Friendship with God. So excited for listeners to pick it up. Thanks for everything that you do. And thanks for stopping by the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.